You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Well, it's Thursday. I am so happy to have you with us. Please tag a friend, call somebody, let them know it's Thursday and the How to Win podcast is on. And I am excited about what I'm teaching. I've been teaching from the subject dating intelligence. We're dealing with uh, the biblical way of dating versus the world of way of dating. And listen, it's been some good stuff. I'm telling you, you can go back and listen. This is our sixth lesson out of a seven lesson series. So this is our sixth lesson. We got one more to go and it'd be seven lessons, but you can go back on YouTube, Mike Moore Ministry Faith uh, Chapel page. You can get the five lessons and you can catch up with us, but it's been a blast. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, go somewhere that I haven't gone in the first five lessons. In lesson five, we talked about phases, levels, and seasons. And we talked about how uh, in our friendship, and that's what dating should be about, developing friendships, we go from uh, the fun stage to the interest stage, and then we navigate uh, to the connection stage, and then we get to the engagement stage, and then there's the marriage stage. Well, I've been trying to stay away from that marriage thing because uh, I think we miss out on a lot uh, of growth and fun and experiences if dating is all about marriage. But in these last two uh, lessons, I want to get over in that area. What if you get to that connection phase you become exclusive, and then you begin to think about marriage. So I want to talk about, in this sixth lesson, I want to talk about finding the right life partner, finding the right life partner. My proof text for this lesson uh, today is Ruth. Chapter 3, verse 11, Ruth, chapter 4, verse 13, in the New Living Translation. And then we'll move over to Proverbs 31. Most Christians, well, I won't say most, but some Christians, especially singles, have heard maybe some teaching about Boaz and Ruth. And so those singles who want to get married, single females are looking for their Boaz. And single men are looking for their Ruth. So Boaz and Ruth end up getting married. 
but I want you to listen to Ruth. That's the name of the book of the Bible, Ruth, chapter 3, verse 11. And then we'll go to chapter 4, verse 13 in the New Living Translation. This is the first time that Boaz has laid his eyes on Ruth. He had heard about her, and through the providence of God, Ruth had connected with her mother-in-law, Naomi, uh, uh, Ruth's husband, Naomi's son, had died, and Ruth decided to follow Naomi back to her hometown. So she's a Moabite. Ruth is a Moabite, a foreigner. She's coming to a strange place, but she loves her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law husband has died. Ruth's husband has died. So they're not just related, but they're friends. So once they get back to her uh, Naomi's home, Ruth decides to go out into the field and gather some harvest for the family. And in those days, they would actually allow certain parts of the harvest to be for those who may uh, uh, be poor or needy. So she ends up, Ruth ends up in Boaz's field. And verse 11 says, he saw her and this is something he said to Ruth. Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. And then if you fast forward to the fourth chapter of Ruth, the 13 verses says, so Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. Beautiful love story. Wonderful love story. Then in Proverbs 31, 10, through 12 in the New Living Translation, it says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So I know some of you are, are satisfied, content, in your single state, you're not, you don't care whether you get married. In fact, some of you may not even want to be married, and that's wonderful. Long as you happy, long as you satisfied, because we're not completing a person, we're completing Christ. Okay. But I also realize that some of you that are listening to me now, you want a life partner. You want to be married. So we're going to be talking about finding the right life partner. If you're a single man, you want to find the right life partner. If you're a single female, you want to find the right life partner. So let's talk about it. There are different views on finding a marriage partner. So let's look at some of these views. There are different views on dating and finding the, a life partner. So let's look at some of the views. One view is it's all God. One view is it is all God. In other words, God decides whether or not you need to 
a spouse. God decides whether or not you need to get married. So if God wants you to get married, he'll inform you, yes, I want you to get married. If God doesn't want you to be married, he wants you to live in the single states. He will reveal that to you. I'm talking about a view. Some people believe, some singles believe, it's all God. God decides whether or not we need a spouse. God knows the kind of mate a person's needs. I think most people agree with that, though. God does know the kind of spouse you need. But this, it is all God also b believes that God will bring the person to you. So God knows, God decides, and God will bring the person to you. God knows, God decides, God will bring the person to you. That's one view of finding the right life partner. So if God doesn't bring anyone to you, uh, then that means he's not he does not want you to have a life partner. Jesus didn't have a life partner. Paul didn't have a life partner. They lived the single state. And there are many people who live the single state. But this person believes that God decides it. God decides whether you should be married. God decides who to bring, who you need. So it's all God. Then there's another view that even that relates further uh, uh, if you back up to the dating, there is a view by some that dating is off the table. I don't, some singles, I don't believe in dating. They believe that dating is worldly. Dating is opposed to God's way of uniting a couple. God doesn't need a couple to date in order to bring them together because dating is a worldly way of doing things. They're believers. Now, listen, when I discuss the different views, I'm not saying one is right and the other is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. We're just talking about the different views that individuals have. And I'm like this. If it's working for you, great. Then work it. If it's working, then work it. And you have the right to decide how you view this situation. And then there's another view, a third view, that marriage is a part of God's general purpose and plan for mankind. And most people believe that. But this view is the believer can choose to marry whoever whoever he or she chooses to marry as long as the person is a believer. So we got three different views. We got the God, all God, God decides, God brings, God does this. And then we got some people, they just believe that I'm not dating anyone. I'm not going to try to date anyone uh, that's worldly and God will work it out. And then you got this view that God allows the believer to choose whomever he or she wants as long as the person is 
a believer. And then there's a, a fourth view, and this is personally my view, but I'm not saying my view is better than yours or better than another view, but this is basically my view, that dating is a vehicle to develop strong friendships and discovering one's life partner should flow out of a strong friendship. Now, that's my basic view. And here again, uh, no view is better than any other view. If that's what you believe, it's all right. I just wanted to take the time. My view is that dating is a vehicle to develop strong friendships and discovery one's life partner should flow out of a strong friendship. Okay, now, let's, now that we've looked at the different views of dating, different views of finding a life partner, let's talk about, I want to talk about God's pattern and principles. God's pattern and principles. Now, Dr. A.R. Bernard, and I, I, I mentioned one of his books in our last session. Dr. A.R. Bernard said this in his, one of his uh, teachings. He said that God does everything according to a pattern and based on a principle. He said that God does everything according to a pattern and based on a principle. So let's talk now. Let's talk principle and let's talk a pattern. Now, you got to be thinking about the fact that we're talking about finding the right life partner. Now, listen at this. I'll give you a principle. Now, this is a principle. It is a universal principle. God is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he chose to limit himself by choosing to operate in the earth through partnership with man and through man's free will. Now, I'm going to say that. That's a mouthful, so I'm going to come back and, and slow it down a little bit. Here's a principle. It's a universal principle, and I believe that it, it applies to dating. God is sovereign. Now, what does that mean? That means he is supreme. That means he is above everyone and everything. It means God doesn't look up to anyone. It means that God is sufficient and self-sufficient in himself. He doesn't have to have anyone to be who he is. He's not accountable to anyone. He doesn't have to ask anyone's permission. He's the God of the universe. He is supreme. Now, listen at this. God is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he chose. He made a decision. Now, it, he could do what he wanted to do and didn't have to ask us about it. But in his sovereignty, he chose to limit himself by choosing to operate in the earth through partnership with man and through man's free will. So here God is. 
He can do what he want to do without asking anybody. He's not accountable to anybody. But in his sovereignty, he chose to limit himself by choosing to operate in the earth through partnership and through free will, the free will of men. Now, let's look at partnership and let's look at free will. Partnership is ask and it shall be given to you. Ask and it shall be given to you. Now, God already knows what we need before we ask, but he operates in the earth through partnership. So God says, your part is to ask. My part is to make sure that you get it. Your part is to ask. Now, watch this. James, that's Matthew 7, 7. Now, James 4, 2 says, you have not because you ask not. Because God works in partnership. He says, now, you don't have because you hadn't asked. God works in partnership. Prayer is a part of that partnership. God works through our prayers. Well, God can just do what he want to do. I'm telling you that God has chosen to operate in the earth through partnership. But he also has decided to operate in the earth through free will. Now watch what, how free will, in Revelations 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So Jesus said, I'm knocking at the door. If any man open the door, he said, I'll come in and we can have dinner together. Now watch this. You got to open the door. Now notice that's free will. So now God... Even if he brought Mr. Wright to you, even if he brought Miss Wright to you, he's not going to violate your will. And God is going to operate through partnership. Now, here's a pattern. Now, that's a principle that God operates in the earth through partnership and free will. Now, here's a pattern. The pattern is in life that God has a part and man has a part. God's part, man's part, success. Man's part, God's part, success. That's a pattern. God operates in the earth according to a pattern and a principle. We gave the principle is that he operates in the earth through partnership and free will. So he's not going to make anybody marry you. He's not going to go against a person's will. And you don't have a right to claim an individual because they, they have a free will to that. Well, I claim him. I claim her. Well, you can't if she, if she don't want to be claimed. You can't claim him if he doesn't want to be claimed. Because God operates through free will. Now, that keep you out of goofy stuff. 
you know, all this goofy stuff. I'm going to claim this person. I'm going to claim that person. And that person got to marry me because I claim them. No, you can't claim somebody unless they want to be claimed. They, they have a will. God operates through free will. Now, let's talk about this God's part, man's part. Now, Proverbs 16, 9, I'm talking about finding a mate. I know I'm working my way there, but I, I want to get you out of silliness. I want to get you out of all this, this craziness. People, they claiming folk and stuff. Like, I claim him. I claim her. I'm trying to get you out of that kind of foolishness, okay? And, 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 and I'm also, maybe I'm also trying to get you out of the house. Like, I think some of you are waiting on your bow ass, you're waiting on your roof, to knock on your door and say, I'm here. God sent me. I'm trying to get you out of that kind of stuff. Okay, now, there's a man side and there's a God side. Proverbs 16, 9 in the New American Standard Bible says, the mind of man plans his way and the Lord directs his steps. That's a pattern. The man, the mind of man plans his way. The mind of man plans his way. The mind of man plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps. So let's look at that. Planning is man's part. God is not going to plan your marriage out. God is not going to plan everything about you getting married. God is not going to plan it. He's not going to do it. The Bible says the man, mind of a man plans his way. The Lord directs his steps. So planning is man's part. Planning is your part. Guidance is God's part. Guidance. A man plans his way, the Lord directs his steps. A man plans his way, the Lord directs his steps. Now, Let's look at this. So planning precedes guidance. Now you waiting, some of you are waiting on God to guide you, but you don't have a plan. What's your plan? What, what's your plan? Because if you begin to plan, then God will guide your steps. Now, I think your plan should include prayer. I think you should be praying about a mate. I think you should be praying about someone. I think you should pray about a person. You should pray about your life partner. I also think you should be increasing your dating intelligence. That's why we're teaching this. You should be increasing your dating intelligence. Renewing your mind to God's way of thinking. That, that should be a part of your plan. Now, this is my opinion. You can say, I don't want that. Remember, I'm just here to help you. I'm not trying to control your life. If you happy, I'm happy because that's all I want. I want you to be happy because God wants you to be happy. I think dating should be a part of your plan. I really do. I don't think staying at home, not, I don't think staying at home is a plan. I don't think that's a plan. It's not a plan. And some of you, 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 you at home all the time. You at home all the time. Now, some of you even work at home. So you at home 24-7. You don't have a plan. There, there is no plan. My belief, 
is that dating is a part of your plan. Because remember, we're not talking about marriage and the dating. We're talking about friendship. What's wrong with going out? What's wrong with spending time with people? If you don't like the person, you don't, they don't have your values, you don't have to go out with them anymore. So what's wrong about that? What's, what's going to hurt you about that? Especially now, we've all walked you through. If the person is new, uh, new to you, you don't know anything about them, then spend time with them in public places. You drive your car, he or she drive her car, and y'all hang out, you spend time in public places, places that you think is safe, you're not going to be alone with somebody you don't know, what's wrong with spending time with the opposite sex? What's wrong with that? I mean, all you got to do is evaluate evaluate, and I'm going to give you some insight on that. So I think prayer should be a part of your plan. Increasing your dating intelligence should be a part of your, uh, increasing your dating intelligence should be a part of your plan. Dating, I believe, should be a part of your plan. And then what else should be a part of your plan? What else? What's your plan? You say you want to be married. You say you want a spouse. Okay, God is going to give you direction, but he's not going to give you direction if you don't have a plan. And if staying at home and watching TV and never interacting with anybody is not a plan. That is not a plan. So I just left an empty bucket there. What's your plan? You you say you want a life partner. So what's your plan? Okay. You're praying. Great. You're increasing your knowledge. Great. What else are you going to do? What's your plan? God waits for us to plan and then he gives us guidance. Okay. Now in the book of Ruth, Ruth did something Boaz did something, and then God did something. Ruth did something, Boaz did something, God did something. Now watch this. Ruth had had a plan. I'm going to go to this field. It was folk in that field. It was people in that field. I think if you're going to meet your life partner, you got to be around some people. I mean, think about it, some people. Now, it may not be a field. It may be an activity. It may be uh, some kind of uh, something. It's got to be interacting with people. You got to interact some kind of way with people. I'm not trying to decide what that interaction should be, but you should interact with some people. She was in a position where there were people, there were workers, and, and there, and then Boaz showed up in the in the arena of people. Okay, now watch this. When Boaz saw her, some went off with him because he had heard about her. He had heard about her. Okay, he knew her situation. He had went online and he knew everything about Ruth and her husband. He knew all that because he had gone online. See, he had done something. See, he had done something. You didn't know. You didn't know Boaz went online. Yeah, he went online because he said everybody. Everybody knows you're a virtuous woman, and he had never met her before. That tells me he went online, and he got some information about her. 
And so when he saw her, something went off. Something went off. And he said, listen, you don't have to worry about a thing. You can stay right here in my field. Just stay right here in my field. Now, now, Ruth didn't know they were going to end up getting married, but she went home and told Naomi, this guy, he was really nice to me. And then Naomi understood what was going on. She said, baby, go right back to that field. That's a good field. Now, notice how God is working. God didn't send an angel down. God didn't give a vision. He's working through people. He's working through scenarios. He's, he's, and listen, Ruth, Boaz didn't go to Ruth's house, knock on the door and say, oh, Boaz, God sent me. No. Oh, God works through natural situations. Now, God will reveal some things to you, but for the most part, God is going to work through situations. He worked through people. He connects at church. He connects at work. He connects at the ball games. He connects at concert. He connects. God works through natural situations. He's not sinning. Unless he's the mailman or something like that. Your boy is the mailman or, or your Esther is who? Your Esther is who? Your Esther is the cleaning lady that comes to your house and clean or something? Because, that you know, some of you, it's not even natural the way you're functioning, especially if you want a spouse. You have to have a plan. God operates in the arena of everyday life, okay? And I believe singles should have a life. I know you may say, well, you don't understand, you don't understand. But I will say this, I was single for a period of time, and uh, I, I, I think a single person should have a life. I think you should do things, you should go somewhere. I don't think you got to have somebody with you all the time. I think you want to go on a cruise, go on a cruise, go on a vacation, do something, uh, go to the theme park, do something. I think singles should have a life. I don't think a single person should be sitting up doing nothing. Yeah. Hmm. That hit somebody right there. All right. Now, the rest of the way, I want to talk about the, the knowledge prerequisite. The knowledge prerequisite. The knowledge Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, Proverbs 24, 3, listen what it says in the New King James Version. It says, through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established by knowledge. The rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Notice, wisdom, understanding, knowledge is how a house is built. Proverbs 19.2 in the New King James Version says, Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge. Now watch this. It's not good for a soul to be without knowledge. He sins who hastens with his feet. If you are moving in a direction and you don't have knowledge, the Bible says that's sin. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 in the Amplified Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 says, Now also we beseech you, brethren, get to know those who labor among you. Get to know those who labor among you. Now listen, we're talking about the knowledge prerequisite. Watch this. A successful dating life 
and a successful marriage depends depend on accurate knowledge. I'm going to say that again. A successful dating life and a successful marriage depend on accurate knowledge. Now, here is something I want you to make a note of this. Put this in your phone. Put this in your where your iPad, whatever. I want you to keep this somewhere. I want you to write this down. I want you to memorize this. I want you to uh, do whatever you have to to preserve this statement I'm getting ready to give you now. We're talking about finding the right life partner. Now, listen to me carefully. Never marry someone you don't know. Never marry someone you don't know. Verily, verily, I say unto you again, never marry someone you don't know. Now, watch this. Follow, follow me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, gives us the biblical alignment. We talked about this in a prior lesson. The very God of peace, sanctify you holy. I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless. Spirit, soul, and body. So we learn in a prior lesson that the spiritual and the soul should be the engine of the relationship, spirit, soul, engine. And we learn that the physical should be at the caboose. We're not going to make the physical at the front when we're looking for a life partner. Now, I'm going to show, I'm going to explain it to you. So you need to get to know this person because you're, you're going to be laboring with this person. And the Bible said, know them that labor among you. In marriage, you're laboring with the person. You don't want to be trying to labor with somebody you don't know. So you got to get to know them. And that's why dating is so important. How are you going to know somebody if you don't spend time with them? How in the world does God have, God got to give you a word of knowledge. God got to give you a, a, a word of wisdom. God got to give you a supernatural manifestation because we got this thing here that God is going to do it. No, 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 no. The Bible said, know them that labor among you. So how are you going to know this person? Even if God brought the person and told you the person, you still need to know the person before you marry them. Just because God said this is the person doesn't mean you don't, you don't get to know that person. You got to get to know the person along two lines. You got to get to know them from a spiritual dimension and you got to get to know them from an intellectual dimension, spiritual dimension. Let's talk spiritual. Deuteronomy 22 verse 10 says, do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Don't plow. If you're going to plow a field, don't plow with a donkey and an ox. The ox want to work. The donkey want to sit. Okay. So don't put these two together. The New Testament in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So listen, you do not want and should not marry an unbeliever because believers and unbelievers have two different spiritual heads. 
and they have two different standards for living, okay? Uh, the believer should be valuing the word. The unbeliever is going to value common sense and reasoning and logic, the, the world value system, okay? So intimacy, spiritual intimacy is impossible, and that's supposed to be up front. That's supposed to be the engine, but it's impossible if you're marrying somebody who's an unbeliever. Now, I'm not talking about a person being religious because a person can be religious and not be a believer. They can quote all this stuff, but you want to take tonight the, the time to know whether or not this person is, that their life is governed by the word. They, 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 they want God to speak into their life. They want to hear what God has to say. They believe in bringing their life under that. Now, that tells you right away, you can be married to a Christian and be unequally yoked because some Christians don't have a godly value system. They don't. They are born again, but they don't have a godly value system. So don't marry anybody that don't have a godly value system, whether they're unsaved or whether they save, because some people are just religious. Now, but you need to get to know the person intellectually an intellectual dimension. Okay, now let's walk that out right quick. Okay. Does this person that you're thinking about marriage desire verbal intimacy? Do they have the ability to be intimate verbally? Do they have the capacity to share out of their spirits? Do they, can they share deep things? Can they share their emotions and their feelings with you? Because if they can't do it in dating, they're not going to do it in marriage. The level of energy, you, you're getting to know this person. Uh, uh, is this a person that's lazy or is this a person engaged in life? Because if they're lazy when you're dating them, they're going to be lazy when you marry them. Okay? Is this a, a person that uh, has a level of ambition? Is this person want more, want to do more, or this is person just satisfied? We don't need to do anything. We don't need to do anything. You want to get to know that person's ambition level. Do, do you have some interests that overlap? Because your interests need to overlap. Some things you need to enjoy together, doing together. What about your value system? Are your value system consistent? One of you want to give, the other want to keep. One want to give, the other one stands you. You need to be looking at this. You want to serve, the other person is selfish. It's all about us, all about us. You want to help people, you should be evaluated and getting to know because what you get in engagement and what you get in dating is going to go right into marriage. Okay, what is this person's expectation from roles and responsibility? Do they want you to quit your job and have babies? Uh, if y'all on the same page, that's great. If you got this desire for a career and he wants you to be at home, you're going to have some problems. So you need to get to know that person. What's the role? Is he going to be the boss and you ain't going to be able to say nothing about anything? Is she going to be the boss and you just got to follow her guys? 
you got to talk roles, you got to talk responsibilities, you got to talk goals, you got to talk dreams, you got to talk. You got to get to know this person. Do not marry someone you don't know. And that's why it's going to take time. That's why it's going to take time. That's why it's going to take time. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. If you connect on a physical level, physical, intimate, sex, and all that, oh, it's just going to cloud your judgment. Then you're going to flip the thing, and now your physical is driving it, and you're not, the person doesn't communicate, they doesn't talk to you, they have no affection, but you didn't know none of this because you enjoy sex. It's possible to be married to somebody and you enjoy sex, but you don't enjoy anything else in your life. That is a state a bad state to be in. But the reason why people have that is because they put the physical in their relationship. It distorts your your thinking and you don't get the information you need. Well, listen, I'm out of time. I'm out of time, but I still got another lesson to go. We're going to talk about two ways to choose a life partner. I'm going to get a little deeper. Two ways. I'm going to talk about what a woman needs from a husband, what a man needs from a wife. We're going to get into that in our next session. Thank you so very much for the time that we shared. I trust that you will bless. Please share this information with someone and then go back and listen to it for yourself. God bless you. And I'll see you next time.